0: Hi Storytellers, Um, welcome to something new we're trying over here on the podcast, which is Storyteller Basics. So while the interviews are great for getting into the weeds of stories and incredible storytellers, um, this is a chance for us to go over the basic elements of storytelling. So here with me on the journey, I have Kathy Swan, the founder hi, yeah. of Queer Creative hey, <laughs> from I don't know why I said that like that. I'm sorry. The founder <laughs> of um, Queer Creatives UK and a fellow story obsessive. And yeah, we're gonna go out on this little journey together. So hi, Kathy.
1: Hey. Back by popular demand, it's nice to be here.
0: Love it. Um, So the aim is for these to be short bonus episodes, um, and my version of short, which is like 30 minutes, (laughs) Um, but keeping that in mind, I'm just going to jump right in, so what we're going to do is um, basically take each other on a little journey to explain something, so I've researched something that Kathy hasn't researched, and I'm going to tell her all about it, so... I'm going to jump right in. Are you ready, Kaby? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be doing the hero's journey. So before I start, how how much do you sort of know about the hero's journey?
1: Um, I know a little bit. In uni, we had <clears throat> kind of half a class on it, but I've, that was a while ago. So I've kind of forgotten. So I'm excited to relearn. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's interesting, because it also does seem to be like quite the academics fave. Mm. And um, I will get into the history of it now. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see which stories it's influenced. So to start off to understand the hero's journey, you have to understand Joseph Campbell, who's the guy who came up with it. So he was an American professor of literature, and he passed away in the late 80s. Um, But he his specialty was mythology, right? So in his youth, he read like all the myths of the world. And he started to see a pattern, right? So he's looking into it and he's like, all these different cultures at all these different times um, have these similarities in their stories. So there's always a hero. There's always a journey. There's like always an aid. There's always a foe. And what he picks up, which I think is quite, in, which what I think differentiates the hero's journey from like normal three-story acts is he marks that there's this journey into darkness. And he sort of, puts in this mechanism of like the two worlds. So you're in like the the world that you start in, and then the special world or the other world. And then when you're in that other place, you go through a series of trials and temptations and doubt and come out on the other side. But why people got so into um, Hero's Journey, which originally the book was called A Hero with a Thousand Faces. Mm. Um, is that he is tapping into idea that an, an idea that across all these cultures and across times there's an essential human nature, and that, that this is an essential human journey that each individual has to go through, which is why we enjoy heroes' journey stories because we see something of ourselves in them. So I found that really interesting about this because it's actually kind of it kind of like drifts in, a bit into like the world of the spiritual, mm. um, which I'll get into again a bit more <laughs> later. Um, so he was, so he starts building up this theory and because of it just kind of makes sense of the time that he was in, he's hugely influenced by Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud as mm-hmm. I feel like that comes up all the time with these things. But, um, and then that kind of, so that reflects and how he tells the story because then obviously the psychology at the time was very like the ego and the subconscious. And that's sort of mirrored in these, like this two world concept of like where you live and where you have to go to find your true self. Right. Um, so, uh, the reason he actually became, well, I fa- my theory is, um, the reason he's kind of so famous is because George Lucas said that he was hugely influenced by the hero's journey, um, with the Star Wars trilogy. So I think it, that sort of influenced, a generation of, of movie makers and storytellers after that, who, who admired George Lucas and then wanted to know how he came up with these, you know, these epic journeys. And then that, that's sort of what led them to Joseph Campbell. Um, so do you know, have you ever heard the f- the saying, follow your bliss? No. Oh, you're so Jen. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I had heard it, but I'd, I wouldn't have known that it came from Joseph Campbell. I actually thought it was like a thing that people like in the psychedelic movement would have said that was a bit like, like tune in and drop out, like that side of things. But that was actually from him. And when we get to the discussion points, I want to bring up how... I think this hero's journey narrative has kind of intersected with like the self-help and um, self-help and then sometimes a little bit scarily um, kind of like men's rights movement. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to put that in the, as a teaser for when we get to the question part, because um, it was interesting, you know, when you're on the internet, it's interesting, like, especially like that YouTube side panel, what starts popping up mm-hmm. and you yeah, are just a bit like, Hmm. This is interesting. Okay. <laughs> That's so you can understand Joseph and where he's coming from, right? So then, to understand the hero's journey, like I said, it is actually very similar. Like all good stories, there's three acts to it. Mm. Um, um, okay, so are you intrigued so far? Are you like, hmm? I'm, I'm yes,
1: I'm intrigued. Freud, I'm men's rights movement. <laughs> I'm interested <laughs> about where this is going.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and then it got anyway. Matrix, which we're going to get onto. Mm-hmm. So, um there's very there's very similar things like we did the sp- the story spy and there's very similar things of like you have a hero they go on a journey and um, they have a thing to overcome you know there's a moral to the story and stuff so but like I said I kind of want to focus where we on where it is different which is this framing of like a special world and an ordinary world and this spirituality thing is is really interesting because um which we'll see in the cycle is at the the bottom of the cycle, the, the, the midpoint of this hero's journey um, involves the hero having to accept their own death, mm. which is so interesting. If you consider how, um, how many religious traditions need that, um, it, that is an important part of spiritual growth. like initiation ceremonies all over the world is, is asking people to sort of confront their own death or even accept their own death so that they can grow and move forward. So it's interesting to see almost like the lessons that he had drawn out of mythology that I think almost like hid in plain sight during the sort of anti-drug and anti-spiritual in the Western sense of the last couple of decades, which are now sort of almost being rediscovered in these different spiritual traditions and um, uh, like ex- self-help exploratory movements and people going to therapy and stuff like that. So, mm. Okay, and um how we're going to frame how we, we do these explanations is we're going to try use an example that hopefully um, everyone will know, and if we don't know, then it's always always fun to come along for the ride anyway. Um, so for this one, I picked the matrix because it perfectly almost fits onto the hero's journey. But now, Kathy, um, tell me tell me I, I, ha- I know the answer to this question. I do not want. <laughs> Sorry. Kathy, you watched The Matrix the last night last night for the first time. I um,
1: did. What are your what are your first impressions? I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know how I've got to this point in my life without having seen The Matrix. Like <laughs> I, I love sci-fi and anything that kind of, you know, messes with my head a little bit. Um, so yeah, I really, I really loved it. I really loved it. I thought it was really interesting. And I know that there's a lot of um, different readings and ways of kind of reading the film that have come out since that are like super interesting to look into. Um, obviously, because I watched it yeah. last night, knowing we were going to kind of have a talk about <laughs> it, I was you know watching it looking for these um, you know it was structure points, and you can definitely see this this journey through it with um little baby Keanu Reeves. <laughs> um, I know. So yeah, yeah, it was super super interesting.
0: Nice, nice. I'm glad. Yeah, he's. I forget that he is quite baby young there. That was like the the neo trinity um, uh, love story was like a real one for the 90s. You know what I mean? Like all that tight um, latex. And <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to take you on on hero's journey via the matrix. Right. So there's 12 steps, but you, I, they're steps, but you've got to actually think of them as a circle. So, mm. um, so imagine a circle. Imagine it's got a line through the middle. And you're moving along the edge of that circle clockwise but you start at 12 o'clock right Mm -hmm. so 12 o'clock number one the ordinary world this is very similar across all storytelling which is the status quo welcome to this world this is how it works and you meet your hero so the status quo in the matrix is when you open up and at the beginning you meet neo Neo? now i've freaked myself out now neo neo (laughs) neo sorry (laughs) I've read it it too many times I was like is it like okay (laughs) it's gone weird um okay Neo is a computer hacker by night and a corporate you know sad person by day and (laughs) he's called Thomas Anderson by day and so in his status quo it's really clever it's like the world is really flat it's really meaningless um it's it's he sort of has no power I think that's the big thing right he has no power he sort of gets pushed around at work but then at night, he's a computer hack, and then he's got this this sort of second life. Um, and the key there is that he's sort of starting to suspect that there's something a bit wrong with the world that he's living in. Cool. So then we get to number two, which is the call to adventure, where the hero is asked to go on a journey, is encouraged to go on a journey, gets this call. And the sense that maybe something is not well in their, either something is not right in their world or it is forcibly changed by something coming into it, right? So in The Matrix, that is Neo sitting on his computer one night and he, um, the computer screen comes up and says, do you want to learn more about The Matrix? Um, And that if he does, he should follow the white rabbit, right? And then someone, like someone knocks on his door, um, it's this customer coming out and he says like, do you want to come out and go clubbing, right? So then, that gets us to number three, which is the refusal of the call. Um, I'm going to say I think this the the the, the call to action and the refusal of the call are like mixed and happening at the same time in the matrix. So mm-hmm. he says he doesn't want to go out. He sees the white rabbit and is like, "Oh crap! Okay, I guess I'm going to go." So he goes off on his adventure. Okay. So then he's then he goes to the club and he meets Trinity, right? And Trinity says to him, "You're in danger," um, and. He, you can see that he's hesitant to go on the journey, which is also important. Like you need your hero to to not be sure or to be worried, to 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 have this refusal of the call initially, because then it also just creates that extra tension of like pushing them into the the action of the story. Because mm-hmm. um, then what what we get to is there's the refusal of the call, but then he crosses the th- the threshold, right? So now, if you can imagine on our little clock, we've gone from twelve till three, mm-hmm. and what's happening there? is now this person is deciding that they are actually going to leave their world and go into the next one, right? Hmm. Okay. So we have the refusal of the call, but then we have the meeting of the mentor. And I love this. And I want to talk more about this at the end, which is that the hero meets a mentor who can give them advice, wisdom, information, or the things that they need to make the journey ahead. And what I really like about what's highlighted in the hero's journey is that that character is often quite a supernatural character. Which I love because that's what Morpheus is. That's what Dumbledore is. That's the wizard and Lord of the Rings. I don't know it well enough, but you know the idea that there's this person who has who basically also transcends the two worlds. The one who's who's who is with him in the real world, but also knows how it's going on mm. down in the other world. So I love that the arrival of a mentor, and then that mentor takes them through to the 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 spiritual world. So in. The Matrix. Um, near at work. He gets shouted at by his boss. Then he gets the phone and it rings and he's like, oh, and it's Morpheus on the other side. And he's like, you're in danger. Someone's coming after you. Mm-hmm. And he sees we meet Agent Smith for the first time, who is the villain. <laughs> and Morpheus guides him to the window, insists that he can open it and he can escape and he doesn't. And then he gets caught. Right. Mm. So that's also this like refusal of the co- the the call he's trying to fight against what is sort of destiny's pushing him towards something inevitable mm. right. Um okay so then we get to thrush- crossing the threshold which is the very famous scene in the matrix where morpheus is holding out the two pills again we could talk about how that's been co-opted by the men's rights movement but mm. um that is like the famous scene of the matrix and i think kind of actually made it I think that was the big thing that like it it became such a um, cultural touchstone of that time of people Mm. thinking like there is the world that has been presented to you and here is another world and you have to be brave. And it is such a direct link to the hero's journey because he literally takes it and flips into the other world. So Mm -hmm. he's now accepted his call and he's crossed the threshold Um, and he wakes up in the real world. Okay, so we first through the first quarter. Now we're into the underbelly of the story, which is where all the exciting stuff happens. So at this point, when you're watching it, when you took the pill, what are you? What are you thinking as a first time viewer?
1: Well, I knew about the pill thing because it's been kind of parodied in like every show ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, the point where you, uh, even though like I, I hadn't watched it, but I knew what what the premise was of, as a film. But mm-hmm. when you go into that underworld part and you know he wakes up in the real world that was still a massive shock to me I think because the way it's shot and like yeah. fishery it's very kind of shocking when he wakes up and he's mm-hmm. in all of the the goo and everything you know um yeah. Yeah. that's like it's you just totally catapulted like I can't imagine even, like not knowing at all about that and watching it maybe for the first time in the cinema you know you're like what's going yeah. on but I mean I think as a to be presented with a decision like that so literally is like a really interesting way of doing it like like you say it's a very literal way of portraying the hero's journey isn't it it's like here are your two choices yeah you know and I, I think there's there's been yeah. a lot of I know it's been taught in like philosophy and ethics classes like in universities and stuff because it's like which it's really interesting to think about like which yeah. one would you actually choose you know But the the idea is that you're supposed to want to disrupt your status quo and you're supposed to want to know what the real world is if your life isn't the real world, which I think is really interesting. I don't know if I would do that. I might be like, can I have the pill that means (laughs) I can just keep, you know, being comfortable, please? (laughs) Yeah, but it's like that really interesting thing that you were saying where like, you know, the idea of being a hero is having to go into this really uncomfortable place that's super interesting
0: yeah I know I always joke with um with my husband that like if there's um we were watching some horror movie the other day or oh, like end of the world movie and he's like what would you do and I'm like I'm not gonna lie. I'd probably just like sit down I'm yeah. really not one of these people who would like run <laughs> I, would like, I am not the hero <laughs> I'm like one of the you know one
1: of the extras <laughs>
0: yeah like I got wiped out by like one of the bits that falls off the comet like in scene one I'm just yeah. running around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. So we're now, now we're into the, this underbelly in the special world. And this is where like the journey begins, um, in, in earnest. Um, and what I really liked about this is there's different names for it, depending on which version of the Joseph Campbell thing you're reading, but it's the road of trials. So the idea again of, of your hero learning the rules and the new way of being in the special world. And then it's also called tests allies and enemies which i really like so mm-hmm. they're being tested they find their friends and they find out who their enemies are mm-hmm. so um in um in the matrix so neo wakes up as you said horrific scene where he pulls all that stuff out it's like and like bursts Ugh. out the goon you're just like oh my god humans are batteries <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> um but then you so that's horrifying but then you get to meet the crew of the nebuchadnezzar so he's rec- and then as he's recuperating we go through this tain- training and test ferry, uh, period, which is obviously very fun. And he learns Kung Fu and does all the crazy stuff. Mm. Um, and then at that time, we also have the mentor. We've got Morpheus watching Neo and, and starting to believe that he's the one, that he's this person who can save humanity. Mm. So we're going through that phase. And then obviously we start learning more and more about how the matrix works, all the bad things that have happened and why we need Neo to save humanity from the situation. Um, then we start, and now we're going down the, down the slope and this, what I quite like is called the approach. So this is when the initial plan to take on the central conflict starts, but setbacks start occurring so that the, the hero has to adjust so they don't get too confident too soon. So they, they Mm -hmm. think they're starting to understand and then they get pulled up back and then they think they're starting to understand and they get pulled back. So, um, the approach in the matrix is when Neo visits the Oracle. So they're trying to move forward. They're trying to understand if he's the person who's supposed to save them. But then the Oracle says to Neo that Morpheus is, is uh, delusional and that he's not the one. Um, but, he does, but she does say to him, Neo is going to have to choose between saving his own life and saving Morpheus's life. Mm-hmm. So there's a slight, there's an inversion there where where they're hoping to find the answer, and, and instead she sets up more pain to come in the future, which then is really interesting. This this hero's journey thing is this belief that the hero has to confront their own death to be able to mm-hmm. move into whoever they're supposed to be. So we've got that all set up, and then as you know, when they leave the oracle, it gets the shit is the fun. <laughs> so <laughs> we then go into the ordeal. So this is when things really heat up and the hero is now trying to overcome more and more difficult hurdles and obstacles that are pushing him closer and closer to both the strength that they are finding but then also the um the possibility of their death right Mm. sorry i just suddenly became very aware of my pronouns i'm like have i been saying he this whole time i'm just gonna stick with they um sorry it's really weird i just suddenly was like i don't know if i'm saying he because i'm thinking of neo anyway um the okay so then we hit the ordeal which is it all just goes tits up? So in the Matrix, they get ambushed, and then Morpheus sacrifices himself so that the rest of the group can escape. Right? Mm-hmm. So he's taken hostage, and he's getting interrogated. Oh, I still um, what's that actor's name? Oh, I can't remember his name now. The guy who plays Morpheus. Um, oh, I was going to me, me now. last night, and I can't remember. Hold on, hold on. For Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence, Fi- Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his his Morpheus comes from the ancient Greek for "fashioner," meaning to form or shape. Mm. Oh. <laughs> very good, very layered. <laughs> well done, well done. The Matrix. Um, so yeah, so it's Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne, Burne, um, who I just think is brilliant. He's playing also like the Dumbledore-esque characters, like he's the powerful mm-hmm. teacher who sacrificed himself for the hero, mm-hmm. um, and then neo has to make this decision right because they know they said either he's going to die morpheus is going to die but he decides to save morpheus right so him and trinity go back into the matrix this is still the continuation of the ordeal it's all going off now this is the thing he's fighting he's saying what have i learned what can i do what can i not do what am i learning Mm. so they go um and start fighting with the agent and that's where we see the first uh awesome did you also laugh did you laugh when you saw him do the first
1: like swoosh with the yeah, bullet yeah yeah it was yeah i mean it's awesome but it is yeah it's quite funny as well
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> just been so um parodied it's all, it must be so funny like knowing all the parodies and then seeing like the original where it came from
1: yeah yeah
0: okay so we go to the thing so again he's learning and um adapting but he hasn't faced his death yet, right? Mm. So he's he survived the ordeal. He gets um, Morpheus out. He manages to dodge these bullets. And then that's sort of this turning point when he's like, ah, it's clicked. The Matrix. I know how it works. <laughs> so that is the reward that comes. So that's the next step. That's step nine of reward of of the ordeal so the way they described it's like the hero seizing the sword he's now got the knowledge he's now clicking he's starting to believe that he's the one right and he's Mm -hmm. like oh and I can dodge bullets and he's starting to like um click into the hero that he's going to be so he saves Morpheus him and Trinity escape the matrix and then this is what I like about this one as well is that you swoop back up out the other side but it's not over yet that's not the the big ordeal um you Mm -hmm. still need the road back into the real world um so that's called the road back it's called the magical flight it's called the flea back um and it's like there's light at the end of the tunnels but they still have to face one more final challenge and test and they're still being pursued by their enemy Mm -hmm. so the road back in the matrix is when they get back but then you discover that cypher has betrayed them and killed a bunch of the crew members Mm -hmm. um So the ship is under attack in the real world. Can you see, like, we're now coming back out the other side. We're approaching. We're coming back. Well, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's all mixed up now. What's the real world? What's not the real world? Um, And Neo is stuck inside the Matrix, matrix, and he's forced to fight Agent Smith on his own. And the only way he can defeat him is to believe that he is powerful enough to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tries to kill Agent Smith. can't and has to keep trying to find a way out of the matrix. And then this is this like resurrection thing that we were talking about of them having to accept their death to move mm-hmm. forward, right? So he ambushes him, shoots him. And as Nero's about to die, so he's he is dying, he's facing his death. Trinity whispers to him that he has to be the one because um, the Oracle told her that she's in love with the one. So it's all like a little bit of a love story in there as well. <laughs> And that saves him because that convinces him he's the one, which is what he needed to really do. He had to really believe it mm-hmm. to become the one. And now bam! he's got the power to perceive and control the matrix and he defeats Agent Smith. And then we come back out into the return. So that's the return. The hero brings their knowledge back to the ordinary world. There's a new world and there's a new status quo. Mm-hmm. So um, Neo makes this call to the matrix, which is that very cool scene at the end where he like flies off um and he's like he's gonna awaken all the people in the matrix so he's the one he's got the ultimate power within the matrix he flies he's gonna he's gonna save humanity
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. so (laughs) well done (laughs) um but yeah so what do you think it's I, I just think it's such the matrix is a great example of the hero's journey isn't it it's just like so clean cut like you know you go into that world and then you come back out and things have changed and Neo as the the hero is such a great mm-hmm. really interesting story I think and I, yeah. I, I didn't know whether he was the one or not I mean you kind of you're like of course he is but I didn't think I thought maybe he has to maybe it doesn't matter whether he's the one or not it's just about you know self belief and that's that's kind of what makes him into the hero and that's true ultimately in the end isn't it um and i think yeah yeah it's it's so interesting like the the idea of the you know refusal of the call and him kind of for half the movie or even three quarters of it being like i'm not the one it's not me i'm nothing special i think that's what it's what makes heroes so appealing isn't it like when they're kind of reluctant heroes and they're mm. like it's not me I'm just a guy like I think he says that at one point he's like I'm just a guy <laughs> yeah. I'm not you know and then he transforms into you know the swishy long coat and the glasses and you know you're like yes it's like such a great <laughs> moment and yeah. I think you need to have that refusal and you need to have that that, con- that inner conflict, because that's what makes, I think that's what makes all of us think, maybe I could be that hero because I'm just a guy, but maybe I can yeah. like be the saviour of mankind, you know? Yeah, you can't have somebody who's just, yeah, super, yeah. you know, clean cut, goes into it like, yeah, I can do this, no bother. Like, you know, you have to show all of yeah. those struggles. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I love the character of Morpheus as well. I think like that mental figure, like you say, is so identifiable and so iconic in so many like film franchises Hmm. you know but you often lose that character I don't know what happens in the later films but sometimes it involves kind of having them having to die or them having to kind of go away but I mean which you know Morpheus is put in the position where he has to be the one to be rescued and he's not available to save Neo so they do do that in mm. a way but um mm. i was i did think that one of them was gonna die like really i thought morpheus was gonna die at one yeah. point yeah
0: that's what i was thinking i was like that is the shot that sticks with me when he's there and he's all like bloodied up and then the helicopter comes up and he's got that like twinkle in his eye because you're like oh damn it morpheus you knew you knew he was gonna come <laughs> yeah save
1: he's the one <laughs> and you're
0: just like you sly dog yeah <laughs> it's,
1: such oh, a it's good so one. good it's um, so interesting
0: yeah i also like what you said there. like they have to be reluctant like if the movie started and someone was like you have to be a hero and they're like I'm ready you'd be like Psh, I'm not interested know, in this
1: who's this who's this that's guy that's annoying <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so- it's super annoying you have to be someone and you know that they're gonna save the day like you know when you're watching films yeah. like this it's all gonna be fine but it's the it's the seeing how they get there that is, like, the interesting part, you know? Yeah. yeah, And they've had, like, it's a great cast as well. Like, they've got great, like, Hmm. supporting, like, actors. I think it's, like, brilliant like that. It's, It's, like... It, everyone is really interested and i think it does a better job than yeah. a lot of films that have come after it in like really developing all of these side characters as well and it just shows that you can have a hero's journey where you really focus on a protagonist but you can also have these really good developments for the side characters you know
0: yeah 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 exactly um we yeah we're going to do our future episodes um, which one of which will be about villains and it also had me thinking about the you need the relatability of a villain and I always remember that was the thing with the matrix was when Agent Smith does say that speech when he's like humans are a cancer on the world like mm-hmm. um, that is that's such a believable villain because it has to be that there's an element of their message that you are like oh I think that maybe true is true but that's the logical extension of mm-hmm. of that train of thought so yeah it's like a good villain as well Um, so just, okay, I've got so many discussion points, but in the interest of keeping it, um, relatively short, uh, we talked about the power of a teacher. I was, I, um, okay, hold on. Oh, okay. So two things. I came away from this wondering if it was slightly masculine and I, I will tell you why. And I think the reason the hero's journey works so well with the Matrix is Matrix is because it is literally the one. Neo is the one and you follow the one man and off he goes on his <laughs> little journey. What I found quite interesting was yeah, the individualism of the journey. I know there is the, there's the more um complex uh, like exactly what you just said, character development, all this stuff is there. Mm. But what I find what I found quite interesting as I was researching this was that I kept bumping up against kind of like Jordan Peterson videos and some mm-hmm. some sort of psychedelic stuff as well on the other side, but it, it sort of bumped up against a little bit of like that corner of the internet, which was like mm-hmm. fake news and that you have to just believe in yourself and like <laughs> everyone's lying to you. And actually you're the person who holds the truth. You are the person who knows what's right. Everyone else is trying to fool you. You need to. So yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, that doesn't, that never discredits the original work. But I think in a way, the way, the way I started thinking about it was Joseph Campbell took all this mythology. He took all of history and he Mm -hmm. put it into this really beautiful and I think very elegant theory, but he was still a white man in America in let's just say like what the forties to the eighties is when he would have been working. And I'm not saying that means he's like a bad person or a misogynist or anything like that, but he is the, he is the filter that it came through. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. that is why there are elements of it that, that seem very white and male and, um mm. uh individualized so yeah what do you mm. think about my my theory
1: <laughs> yeah I think like yeah the hero's journey I think when I've seen it described in the past it's all it's always very kind of male-centric particularly like the hero is traditionally a guy but that's mm. I mean that's just that is the case in a lot of like mainstream storytelling because you know mm. of the the kind the privilege obviously that you're going to have as a white man it means that you know that's then reflected in the stories that you get to to tell and yeah I I can think of a lot of films with I think both a male protagonist and a male teacher and then there are women kind of Mm. around who support you know as the love interest as like whatever but yeah I think it's a rarer thing that that we have female characters that have that are able to be that hero and go on that journey you know and then obviously if you have all these stories where you're like you can be the hero. You have to, you know, you have to discover this new world and you have to go on this journey. But all of those stories are male centric. Then you're obviously going to get people taking things from that if they just constantly see this story in everything that they're watching and everything mm. that they're reading. And that that is going to go to some kind of bad places, definitely. And um, but I, I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be yeah. that way. Like I still think it's a super it's a really helpful structure to have if you're looking to you know to tell a story and you the hero can be anyone you want like just because mm-hmm. it's historically been this you know white male focused thing like that story can be told with anybody, you know, like absolutely. I think you know, you can have you don't have to have a human character. Like you say, there's often like a lot of supernatural, mythical elements to it. So I think it even though you know Mm -hmm. it might have been dominated by a certain thing, there's a lot of room for growth there. And there's like there's a lot of room for for anything that you want to work into it really. I think it's a really good um a good structure to start with if you wanted to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's a me, but it's a really good way I to like also, build a protagonist, isn't it?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think also just the like compared to the story spine, the complexity mm-hmm. in the trial period. Um, I really like the idea of like they can that they there's like a learning phase where they try and fail and try and fail and then the ordeal which is like the big thing but that you're not done at the end of the ordeal that there's still one more one more leg and this facing of the death um so yeah I really I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed learning about it and um I think I could do like a whole separate podcast on like the religious Mm. and spiritual elements of it um Mm. just because oh gonna, okay we're already running i'm just gonna quickly put my two cents and i just <laughs>
1: say, yeah um, it's your podcast it can be as long as you want okay <laughs>
0: um Uh. but i saw this um i read i listened to a podcast on vox about this guy who is researching the psychedelic origins in christianity so i obviously clicked on it because i was just like what um i grew up with a a christian background wouldn't identify myself as being christian um But it's like the last religion that you expect to be linked with psychedelics, right? And Mm. he was going through all this ancient history. um, And anyway, I just, it was really fascinating to me because it was two things. It's this repeating theme in spiritual and psychedelic, which are sort of intertwined journeys, which is this facing your death and that there's there's a, a moment that you have to accept that you're gonna die and that allows you to grow that's mm. that's the idea and then what was really interesting was in this one um the guy who was interviewing him was like talking about these ancient temples where they would have this drinking of the wine and they're like I definitely had stuff in it people were having visions and you know they they found traces what what what, what, what. um but um what really fascinated me is the guy said were these like mixed gender things Or was it just for men or like what sort of, what, what was the deal with these initiation ceremonies? Because we sort of think of initiation ceremonies as being specifically male, right? The men get taken Mm. out the woods and the men are taught how to become men, off they go. And it was so interesting. He was saying that actually originally it was all female and it actually then became mixed gender later. And they said it was actually really considered that women were the people who needed to guide through that experience because they were the people who gave life that they needed to Mm. be on the other side of that. And I just thought that was super interesting and I want to learn more about Mm. that. So that's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) Nice. um okay cool so um i really enjoyed this this is going to be a little experiment that we're going to be running over the next month um so please do get in touch with me or kathy and tell us how you're finding it if there's anything you want us to dive into um for storyteller you're listening to it now so you can get it wherever you get your podcasts um you can find me on instagram um if you just put in storyteller underscore pod and um you'll see me there and then you'll see my handle there you can follow me on both and please email me it's at storytellerpod at gmail.com i love getting your
1: emails kathy where can everyone find you on the internet um, so the Queer Creatives website is queercreatives.co.uk and You can also email me on queercreativesuk at gmail.com Please do, because I love getting emails from everybody um, And you can find us on Twitter at queer underscore creatives and on Instagram at queercreativesuk
0: Nice Okay, well until next time gang um, We'll see you there Bye